Horror Hounds, welcome to episode 18 of Things That Go Bump in the Night. We are back after quite a few weeks off, which um, down to my unfortunate COVID diagnosis, um, I am doing much better. And Chris, how are you doing? Scott, I'm doing all the better for hearing your voice. It's oh. really, really <laughs> great to know that um, you're on the mend. Yes. And uh, it's great to be back. Great to be back. It is. It is very good to be back. And I'm very much looking forward to today's show because we are going to kick off 2021 by looking at our most anticipated horror films of the year. Some of these, most of these, we've already brought up on this show, but we're going to we're going to count them mm-hmm. down. And we're going to um, go through my top five, Chris's top five, and then you please drop your top fives or, or top one, top two in the comments and uh yeah, let us know what you're looking forward to. There is a hell of a lot of new horror films coming out this year. Fingers there crossed, is. coming there out is. this year. It's gonna. You actually said to me, it's going to be a very, very good year for horror. Yeah. And I completely agree. I completely agree. Yeah. I think it's probably a little bit more stacked than it would have been because obviously a lot got pushed. Yep. I mean, a lot yep. on, not a lot, but some of the stuff on my list was due to come out last year. So you know, that being moved to this year. And then you've got just the films that were coming out this year anyway. So yeah, it's going to be a hell of a year of horror. And to be fair, 2020 was a really good year for horror. So it um, was. Yeah, yeah, despite how horrible that it year was. was, we had some very good films. It was a very good film, a uh, very good year for more low budget films. Yes, it was. I think because that's of, the thing that really shined, right? Yeah. Yes. yes. Yeah. I think that's the thing that really shined. And that's something I hope will continue to happen for years to come now. I mean, me and you kind of predicted that a little bit, that that may happen, and, and I hope mm. it does. Right, dude, so let's jump in. What film are you kicking off with? You want me to kick off? Okay. Yeah, you All right. Uh, well, I mean, there's one or two that I suspect we might both have, have so I'm going to go with a different one. Okay. Um, a film I'm really, really looking forward to is Spiral which is a kind of it's not a, it's not a reboot but it's a spin-off from the Saw franchise. Yes. And the the trailer's available and it looks absolutely fantastic. It's got Chris Rock in it as a detective and Samuel Jackson plays his dad in it. And what's really remarkable is you get to see Chris Rock in a purely straight role and he's really really good. Really good. You really get to see his acting chops. And it just has a really... I'm, I'm not necessarily one for reboots. Um, I mean, it is a spin-off, but it's obviously rebooting the franchise. If it does well, no doubt they'll do more. Oh, without that. Um, it's just got a really gritty feel to it. It just feels different. It's not a standard Saw film. And um, it's, it surprised me, actually. I'd heard of it for quite a while, uh, but I only recently saw the trailer. I think it looks fantastic. And yeah, that's that's absolutely my first one I'm really going to look forward to yeah i that isn't on my list but it was close it was close to being in my top five mm. it's definitely so i i do like the saw franchise i love the first one i'm struggling to remember the others i, Mate, I, I, I lost like, track yeah. with how many there were i know <laughs> i think two's really good is two the one where they're in the house and there's that amazing scene where the girls got to get in the um it's kind is, of like a hole of needles. Is that the one where the detective is trying to uh, jigsaw a stolen his son? Oh, I'm not sure. He's stolen his sure. little boy and there's like a house and all the different rooms in the house are on camera. And it turns out that the kid is with Jigsaw, not in any particular yeah, danger. Yeah, I don't know if I, I don't see. Here's the problem. Here, here's my problem with a Saw franchise, which I hope this. Number one is very, very clear. Everyone remembers exactly what number one is. The setup, yeah. exactly what happened. Fantastic. From there on out, who knows? Not regardless of quality, but I feel like they all kind of just blend into one. They do. You're you're, you're absolutely right. It's it's the kind of thing where they're not short on gore. No, but the storyline is gone. I mean, well, the, the becomes... first one was quite innovative. The my pro and and look, I get a lot of people love it for this reason. But my problem was it become more about the traps and less about the characters. Yeah, correct. Now, I yeah. think there's there's a healthy balance of both. Yeah. But in my, and again, this is just personal. 
but I don't really care about what the traps are doing if I don't care about the characters. Mm. Like I'm, the, tra- I'm just... the traps are interesting, but oh, they're yeah, secondary. Of course they are. Yeah. It's... But they could be so much more interesting if you really cared about the mm. characters. Mm. And yeah, I think they, you know, they've done some very interesting stuff in all of them, to be honest. But I'm hoping, yeah, this will be a little bit of a different direction do, do you, and stand on its own. Do you remember when um, Saw came out, when it first came out, people were saying, you know, this is really extreme. And, yeah. you know, you, you can find far more extreme films out there. But it was, in terms of, like, mainstream oh, yeah. horror cinema, yeah. it was you know, you know, even before you'd seen the the film, the rumor was going around. It's even on the posters. You know, this man cuts his own foot off. Yeah, it's. I, I just. It was such a clever idea without being gratuitous. Um, naming oh, no names. Hostile. But um, I just. Uh, it's just great. It's a great film. As a franchise, it's okay. But this new one, if you watch the trailer, and maybe we can put it in the description. Yeah, definitely. There is. There's there's quite a few kind of little nods to the original films. Um, for example, if if you read up on it, um, the the puppet is it Billy, Billy the puppet? Yeah. He's not in it, but oh, they will be having they will be having their own kind of thing. So it's Ooh, it's in the, it is it is a real spin off. It's in the same world. It's not a it's not a sequel or a, or a redoing of the original story. Very interesting to see where they take it. It, it looks great. Do you reckon they're going to tie it back to Jigsaw somehow? I think they're going to do this, and then they're going to do a sequel, and in the sequel, they will mistakenly tie it back to Jigsaw. Okay, interesting. I think it should just stand on its own merit, because I, yeah. it looks really good. I I don't want them to tie it back to Jigsaw at all. No, I, no. Like, a reference, maybe? They, they um, probably will, though. <laughs> but they probably will, yeah. But um, I think there could be something very interesting to be done with a copycat killer. Yes, or something like yeah. that, like like a proper spin-off, a proper spin-off of. Okay, it's a copycat. Well, the, the the interesting thing is, Chris Rock is a massive Saw fan. Yeah, and this film is completely his idea. He yeah, went apparently to the studios he's to do it with for it. Well, right? Yeah, he just went to the studios and said, "I've got this idea for a film," and they were oh, so wait. impressed they they let him be like producer of the film. And I I love that there's a different voice. Yeah, a different voice and someone who has a love for the franchise who's probably frustrated with where it went and can see what it could be again. Yeah. No, I I can't wait, man. I can't wait. I'm really, really looking forward to that one. And yeah, we'll definitely uh, review it, like all of these, really, when when it drops. So my first film is a film called Antlers, which was due out last year. It is produced by one of my favourite filmmakers, Del Toro. It is a little bit of a monster film that follows a middle school teacher and her sheriff brother as they kind of, I think it's about her son and, you know, something weird's going on with him. And then there's this kind of legendary creature, kind of like a mythical creature within the town that um, kind of ties it all together. But yeah, I don't want to say too much about it. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't know much about it, but what I do know about it, I don't want to mm. say too much about it because it's one of those films that I feel could get spoiled the more you talk about it. But there is a trailer for it. I think the trailer does look fantastic. Do I think this has the potential to not live up to the hype? Yes, maybe. Um, it could go a little bit too American studio, you know, rather than kind of del toro del toro works within that system doesn't he but he's managed to kind of keep a nice bit of control over it but you know i i just hope he's been able to put his influence on this and it Mm. doesn't go too much the way of a lot of other stuff but it's got a great poster it's got a really really great trailer and the lead is kerry russell who you can't go wrong with so um Mm. yeah she's amazing as always and yeah i'm really really looking forward uh, to this but yeah go again I'll, I'll drop the link to the trailer if you haven't seen it go and watch it yeah i think uh this could be one to look out for i i hadn't heard of this one at all okay um, it completely uh missed me i know i know we had a long discussion about del toro films before yes. um and for me personally i have a love-hate relationship with him because i think yep. he's such a good filmmaker i think when he gets it right he's made some fantastic films and then 
his films that are not so good are still good to everyone else, but because I know uh, as a real fan of film how good he can be, it leaves me a little bit disappointed. Um, so I'm really interested to see him actually step into a proper horror film as well. Um, I, I think he can really pull it off. Well, I should I should say the, this is di- uh, this is produced by Del Toro. It's actually directed by a guy called Scott Cooper, who has made some incredible films. He made um, a film with Jeff Bridges called Crazy Heart. So not oh, like yeah, ho- yeah, yeah. yeah, not horror mm. stuff, but like Crazy Heart was great. I think Jeff Bridges actually won an Oscar for that role. Um, yeah, in, in or he was nominated for an Oscar. Actually, I think he won the following year for True Grit. But he should have won for Crazy Heart. But um, yeah, insane. And then he made a film with Christian Bale called Out of the Furnace, I think it was, which is quite a good mm. film. And then probably most noteworthy, he made the Johnny Depp gangster film Black Mass. That is an excellent film. Yeah, a great film. Yeah. So he's made like he's made some really good like everything I've seen that he's done, I've really like really really liked. So. <laughs> It, it sounds like he's the kind of director who, a little bit like, I mean, obviously the film's not the same, but a little bit like um, Quentin Tarantino, who casts people in the kind of roles yes. you wouldn't expect. So for like Johnny Depp in Black Mass, yep. you know, has just come off a string of either Disney, Pirates of the Caribbean or Tim Burton films and all yeah. of a sudden playing a very, very convin- convincing yeah. gangster. Oh, very, yeah. Yeah, Jeff Bridges, great actor. It's, well, this is the uh, other Christian thing. Bale. Yeah, this is the other thing with Scott Cooper's work is every film he does is tackled a different genre. So mm. Crazy Heart is a great drama, country and western type film. It's about a country singer and kind of his battle with alcohol and, and stuff like that out of the furnace is a great small town thriller black mass as you said is brilliant a really really great modern gangster film and about it's a, a, a true life gangster film true life gangster film. yeah about whitely vulgar so you know this was like i said it was meant to come out last year um it is now coming out the back end of this year so i believe it's coming out in october so yeah pushing it for that halloween release date but um yeah man i'm really looking forward to it watch the trailer i'll link the trailer below but yeah it's looking really good man what's your next one well this might be a bit of a segue because the next film i'm going to assume is definitely not in your top five can you guess what it might be for me is it to do with the time of year i just mentioned it is it is to do with the time. <laughs> so i'm going for halloween kills yeah um i knew you were. massive massive halloween fan as i know you are as well i i just found the 2018 one really fun really good to reconnect with the film franchise after some big missteps um and and i really you know john carpet and making these three films um very close together he's keeping the reins on it all and i I really want to see how this plays out Uh, apparently it's got the biggest kill count in any halloween film if you really put any credence to that it's quite brutal apparently and um yeah, well, even more so than the Rob Zombie. Yeah, it's got the biggest kill count, apparently. Wow, okay. And you're going to see some extreme brutality from Michael Myers. And I, I can believe it, because if you watch the tra- trailer, there's some scenes where it looks like that huge, huge crowd of people is like trapped in maybe a shopping centre or a, a police station or something. Right. So I, I can't wait to see him pick through them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I Like I said, man, I despite not, I, I didn't hate the, the it didn't set one. you on fire but it didn't set me on fire it didn't make me yeah it didn't do anything for me that yeah any yeah. of the other films hadn't already it, it done absolutely offers nothing new whatsoever right. there's, yeah. a, there's a there's a strong argument for if that's the case why would you bother it's just I, I, for me i feel like um this is john carpenter saying if i had the influence i had now I wouldn't have let the franchise go the way it did. Yes. This is how it should have ended. Right. And let's let's yeah. see what happens. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it, man. I'm looking forward to see what they do with it and where they take it. And I, I'm actually now we know it's going to be a trilogy. Mm-hmm. I'm always very interested to see how they set that up because the first film, which is 
normally the way to be honest like that could have just been yeah. one done right that could have just stood on its own it could and have, it yeah. isn't really until the sequel that then things start you know moving in place which all great trilogies do to be honest i mean if you look at um look at the original star wars franchise exactly the same that first film yep. could fully stand on its own but by the time you get to empire you need a sequel it's now set itself up for a sequel which yeah, yeah i i am fully on board to see how they do that and because they so know they're making could, the free yeah you could well expect that this next one would leave some pretty big cliffhangers i think it has to i yeah. think it has to i think i think there has to be something big that happens at the end I think there has to be some big cliffhanger. And I'm not just talking about the cliffhanger of, oh, we've killed Michael. Oh, he's coming back. That's every film. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Not that cliffhanger. I I wouldn't be surprised if Laurie doesn't die in this film. Yeah, I I think, I mean, look, if if you look at it as we're doing a trilogy that follows the, the original Halloween, but this new trilogy is... Like, this is a closed book now, right? We are, Mm -hmm. we're going to get to number three and we're done. Like, in terms of our law and what we're telling with Jamie Lee Curtis, we're done. John Carpenter is closing it. The studio may well want to carry on in a few years' time, but that's different. Exactly. So, I think Laurie has to die at some point. Does she die in the second one to then set up the third one where the the younger generation takeover yep. or does she die in the i like the idea actually of her dying in the third one to take michael down as in almost like a joker batman situation they can't live without each other the only way you know they're kind of if you've got laurie you're always going to have michael so yes. do you know what i mean you have to take both of them out that that's end. interesting. They might set it up with a new killer victim relationship as well at the end. Mm. Somehow, somehow. That could be interesting. That could be. Well, I always thought the. I always thought one of the most interesting ways they could have took the franchise was with. Is it Halloween Four, where um, it's the little girl. Who puts on the? I think that's four, yeah. Yeah, where she yeah. puts on the clown mask and stuff. Yeah, that, that, that would have been credit. a cool way to take it, I think. Like great someone... idea. Yeah. Not particularly well. No, <laughs> not, not particularly well. Yeah, executed, of course. But I think that's it. that could have been an interesting way to take it, right because you've got you've got Laurie who has seen this stuff and gone the other way. She's become the hero. But what if you had someone that's seen this stuff and? They're not strong enough, so they turn into dickhead. Could be a great way to carry it on as well if they if they want to do that. But yeah, I mean, very interesting to see where they take it. And yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it. Of course I am. So my next film is something that I'm very excited for. And I know you are too. Again, I think this was meant to come out back end of last year. I'm not sure, actually. Maybe it was always set for 2021. This, again, I believe is October. So we have got a very, very stacked October. It is Edgar Wright's new film, Last Night in Solo. Mm. Now, this is one we've brought up before and talked about. It is a bit more of a... Edgar Wright's obviously dealt in horror before with Shaun of the Dead. This is a little bit more serious from what I understand. It's also... It's officially categorized as drama horror thriller... But I've also heard that there's some sci-fi elements to it. So this is a real genre mashup of stuff. The cast is incredible, led by probably my favorite actress working today, Anya Taylor-Joy. Yeah, just really looking forward to this. Got Matt Smith in it as well, Terrence Stamp. I mean, the, the cast is just full, absolutely full of incredible people. Do, do, do we know anything about the story yet? Uh, a little bit, yeah. So like Edgar Wright, normally um, it's a little bit vague on details, but um, I'll, I'll bring up the IMDb, actually. And uh... Well, while, while you're doing that, what, what I will say is if anyone yeah, but... can do kind of genre-bending films, it's Edgar Wright. Yes. And he's uh, yeah. very, very talented, and it will be it will be good to see him move a little bit 
closer towards horror as well. Right. So here's the <laughs> make of this what you will. A young girl, which I believe is Anya Taylor Joy, a young girl passionate about fashion design, is mysteriously able to enter the 1960s where she encounters her idol, a dazzling wannabe singer. But 1960s London is not what it seems, and time seems to fall apart with shady consequences. Mm. Bit of time travel, isn't there? Yeah, it's just like Goodnight Sweetheart. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm really looking forward to this, man. I, like you said, if Edgar Wright can, if, if anyone can pull this off, it's Edgar Wright. Yeah. And I think Anya Taylor-Joy has that perfect look for 1960s matt smith i oh, believe matt definitely. smith is the wannabe singer i think that that she she goes to meet her idol um yeah the cast is just out of this world man I matt, matt smith is so good even in supporting roles like um he was in his house wasn't he yes um, he was yeah he's he's great he's great really, really good yeah. he's really good i am not a full disclosure i'm not a doctor who fan by any stretch of the imagination and so I, I've never seen him in Doctor. I know that's where a lot of people know him from. But um, every, like you said, every film he pops up in or every TV show he has a little role in or something, he's he's incredible. Exactly the same, oddly, as a, another um, Doctor Who actor. Um, are you a Doctor Who fan? As much as anyone else. What's, I'm not a, a raving uh, fan. Who did he take over from? Uh, Christopher Eccleston. No, um, David Tennant. There you go. That's that's the one. David Tennant. Did you watch Jessica Jones no. on Netflix, the Marvel show? No. He plays the bad guy in that, and he is fantastic. He is see, I, so I love good. That. When you see people playing things you wouldn't expect. Yes. Yeah. Oh, he's so good. He's he's so good, but yeah, I like Matt Smith's up there. I think Matt Smith is a really great look as well. He's he doesn't look like many other Hollywood. Yeah, he's got a very actor. unusual look. I mean, I'm not going to say yeah, the does. bloke's yeah. ugly, yeah, but he's not like that kind of chiselled, no. no, you not. know, no. Brad Pitt-esque. He's, he's not Zac Efron. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. He's a, an interesting looking guy. Yeah, I, and I mean, absolutely fantastic actor. And yeah, I I know we keep saying it, but. Edgar Wright, he, like he's never done anything bad in my eyes, ever. I think he's everything he's done. I genuinely think he's smashed out the park. Everything. Do you know what? Now and again, I still put space on, even if it's oh, just a mate. random episode. Yeah, and he's he's so talented. It's really really good. Even I... even beyond his, you know, Simon Pegg collaborations. Well, I just feel so sorry for him with um, Ant Man. Oh, Ant-Man, yeah, but no, his last film. Why am I blanking on the name of his last film? The kind of got lost in the shuffle because of the whole Kevin Spacey. Uh, Baby Driver. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And it kind of got lost in the whole thing because the whole Kevin Spacey controversy. And and the reason I, I say I feel sorry for Edgar Wright for that because subjectively, Baby Driver might be the, the best thing he's ever directed. It's like, obviously... Yeah, sure. Obviously, I mean, everyone says Shaun of the Dead, right? But if you just the way Baby Driver is put together, the music, the editing, the direction, the the acting from everyone, like the cast, top to bottom, is incredible. The just everything, man. But the yeah, unfortunately, yeah. really in you know, in 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 time though, it will be appreciated for what it is. You know, yeah, I think the, so. The, the film, I think so. Um, you know, it's hard to. It's hard to look beyond the Kevin Spacey stuff, you know, because I know, you know, you've you got to be very careful with what you say, yeah. because obviously he, Kevin Spacey, hasn't, for what I understand, been arrested and actually charged with anything. But if the people that have come out and, and, and said stuff about him are to be believed, which my point of view is, why would anyone come out and make that stuff it's, up? It's, like, it's shadowed it. Yeah. It, I mean, you know, if the... Horrible thing is, man, like, you know, before all that shit come out, Kevin Spacey was actually um, one of my favourite actors in, uh, I, I didn't think he put anything wrong, but mm. at the same time, if that stuff is true, then he's an absolute piece of shit, and uh, and yeah. Well, I'll, I'll tell you something really controversial. 
Go on. The, the Cornetto trilogy of Edgar Wright films. Yeah. I showed them all to my son. And oh. He's, he's 12. Right. He's, uh, he's 13 this year. Yes. His favourite one was the last one, The World's End. Really? Yeah. Yeah, he no. watched them all. He watched them all fairly close together. And he said, yeah, I love The World's End. That's so love interesting because that's obviously... The weakest. The weakest. <laughs> it like, is. That's it's, it's okay. It's a good film. It's enjoyable. Do you know what? When though? you're comparing it to the rest. Do you know what though? I get. I. I fully get that from a twelve-year-old's perspective. Yeah, he loved because it. Absolutely loved it. I mean, he loved them all. Shaun actually, of the Dead. He was actually quite scared of Shaun of the Dead. I feel oh, a bit really? <laughs> Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Shaun he's of got, the Dead. He's got a thing about zombies. Oh, fair enough. Fair enough. Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz are so ingrained. references and you having a knowledge of film and genre like if you don't have a knowledge of horror and zombie films a lot of the Shaun of the Dead stuff is lost yeah Yeah. if you don't have a knowledge of American buddy cop films and TV shows or or folk horror you know a a weird yeah greater good exactly right that that shit is lost on you. World's End, quite a simple premise, really, compared to the others. It is, yeah. It There's is. definitely references in there and stuff like that, but I can definitely see how that one is. Yeah, it's, 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 it's very well. easily accessible. Because my my taste changed when I, you know, watching the three, I would have I used to say that Shaun of the Dead was my favourite, but as time's gone on, I've moved on to Hot Fuzz. I really like Hot Fuzz. I I really really like Hot Fuzz. I you know it's funny because like I said I don't think he's ever 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 put a step wrong. Mm. But I would say the world's end for me is oh it's it's the weakest. It's it's the it's... weakest out of everything he's ever done. I would say the world's end is maybe a three out of five. If it's if it's the weakest in three good films, you know, oh, yeah. if if it's if it's base position is yeah it's a good film it's enjoyable. The other two are brilliant, you know. It's, oh, the other two are. The other two are. Do you know what the world's end? Actually, I, I said three out of five. That's probably a bit harsh. Probably about four out of five because Shaun of the Dead and Hot Fuzz. I, I think are straight up Shaun of the Dead, especially. I can't despite the leaning you know, towards Hot Fuzz. Shaun of the Dead is a straight five out of five. There isn't a bit in either of them where I think, well, this bit's boring. No, you know, I just I love it all. I think Scott Pilgrim is. Abs- I know Scott Pilgrim wasn't for everyone. But I think if you want a straight up, like weird in the comic book adaptation, it don't get any better than that. It's not going to be for everyone, mm-hmm. but if you want that, it doesn't get any better. Like that is as good as it gets. And I think the same for Baby Driver. I think if you want a heist thriller, fast cars, great stunts. That's the other thing. The stunts in that film are insane. They're so good. But um, yeah, like Edgar Wright just can't do any wrong in my eyes. And last night in Soho, that cast, that director, oh yeah, it's good. It. Yeah, I'm all over it, man. I can't wait for it. So, what's your next one, sir? I'm gonna go for one that I assume we're both gonna go for. Candyman. That is my next one too. Cannot yes, wait. <laughs> Cannot wait. We I'm have so... made no secret of our absolute love and anticipation for this i'm already in love with this film and all i've seen is a trailer and a poster (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i've watched it again today (laughs) it's probably like the seventh time i think i've watched it i I don't know what else to say that we haven't already said on this podcast i like the way having having watched the trailer multiple times now i like the way it's really unclear whether the main guy is possessed or not yes Yes. Um, there's definitely, definitely some supernatural elements because you see in the trailer people are getting lifted up off the floor and that kind of thing. But the question is, is he there at the same time, somehow possessed and doing it, or is yeah. it completely separate to him and he just thinks it's him? Yeah. You know, maybe he's dreaming these things and that kind of thing. It's interesting on so many levels. Uh, Tony Todd's back in it as well as the original Candyman. I don't know whether they're going to de-age him or whether he's got a cameo or what, but the I fact, don't the think fact so. that he's in it is, is fantastic. Based on the trailer, I feel like there's obviously a... The, the main character is somewhat possessed, somewhat influenced, somewhat obsessed, maybe. 
with mm. the Candyman story. And I feel yeah. like the voice in his head is going to be Tony Todd. Ah, so you think he might appear in voice only? Yeah. Yeah. But maybe I'm not with sure we're actually classic imagery. Yes. I'm not sure we actually see him. I think he's going to be in voice only. And then depending on where they take the story. Mm. Yeah, I think. But we're definitely going to see. I think we're definitely going to see the Candyman. This. I don't think it's all going to be in his head. I don't think it's going to be something like that. I think we're definitely, definitely going to see him. It will be. I kind of hope that if we do see the Candyman, it is Tony Todd and they carry it on that way. But I also fully understand that if you want to make a new franchise out of this, why maybe you want to go for someone younger and mm. build it that way. Yep. But I do love the idea of Tony Todd being involved in some way. But yeah, I can't wait, man. Cannot wait. You know, as you know, we've we've spoken about Candyman extensively before. But what maybe we haven't do, done is if not not everyone is, you know, a, a really really into horror necessarily listening to this, and not everyone maybe realizes that this is a a sequel, remake, reboot. Who knows? But it's attached to. Uh, a yeah. film that come out in 1993 it's labeled i've seen it labeled as a spiritual sequel yeah it's not a re no. reboot not a rebate make yes yeah so it's it does follow the original 1992 version yep. in some way and it's Gonna be worth saying a, a story based on a story by clive barker who yes. needs no introduction. And it's fair to say that Candyman, although it's, you know, well loved today, woefully underappreciated at the time. Oh, it's yeah, not like definitely. it's not like in everyone's mind, even today. Um, but it has got more of a cult following now, probably because of the announcement of this new film. But it's a great film, great horror. Tony Todd as the Candyman, brilliant baddie oh, it's horror film. It's, it's a great film. Yeah. You know, I would urge everyone go and check out the original before you see this. Definitely, definitely. It's, it's they, a great I film. I like them all. There's three of them, I think. I've only yeah. seen one and two. See, Candy I like Man, Candyman Two: Farewell to the Flesh. Yes. See, they're not the number two and three are not amazing films. They they do fall a little bit short, but I like the mythology so much. I think the mythology mm. is very different to anything else out there. I like the the different setting of of the films, you know, especially of the first one and what this one is digging into that kind of Chicago neighbor, yeah. you know, getting into a little bit of the social realism of it all and stuff. Well, the, really the, like it. it's really nice as well that it's supposed to be the same state as we would call it over here, um, yes. but it's become gentrified. Yes. With art galleries and bistros and bars that was, you know, a very working class poor yep. area with this Candyman legend. Um, I just it's going to be great. Yeah, I can't wait for it, man. I just. Yeah, this whole thing's blowing up and they I mean, the film is basically done from what I understand. So I'm mm. sure some people have seen it and some executives have seen well, it it was, and... it was supposed to come out last year wasn't it yeah it was it was, it was already come out yeah and then it yeah. got majorly pushed back but near da costa the director she must have done something right with this film because disney and marvel have signed her up i knew like, you were gonna say that yeah, captain marvel they, they would not do that lightly no, they would not and not just not do that lightly but do it off the back of a horror film I know, like, James Gunn got brought in. He, he it's done not like, yet had its that. release. And, no. You know, they've got no idea what it's going to make or anything like that. No. But they must have seen something. Oh, yeah. And, man, for her to be, like, signed up that quickly. To well, her career is quite short, isn't it? There's oh, not yeah. a lot before yeah. that. No, no, no. She's only directed... Uh... I think it's one or two more, and I think that's it. No, I think she's directed one feature film and then she's done a couple of tv episodes i'm pretty sure go. like before Candyman, she's only done one film and then off the back of that she got Candyman, and then off the back of Candyman, she's now got captain marvel too so like she's jumped up very quickly but has proven from her first film which i believe is quite low budget to then jump up to Candyman 
you know, which is a good couple of million mm. and a, a big property, you know, and to a, jump up and to that, you've and got, then um, jump up to Captain Marvel two, which is going to be what hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, Ooh, it's yeah. a big bet, isn't it? And for Candyman, you've got Jordan Peele steering it as well. Oh, it's yeah. going to be great. Yeah. It's gonna be brilliant. It's, Exactly. Well, that's the thing. I mean, for Jordan Peele to see something in Nia da Costa off the back of her first film, bring her on to Candyman, and then for Kevin Feige and Marvel to then see something out of Candyman to bring her on to Captain Marvel 2, that, like, girl's got some talent. Like, you know, she is she is definitely one to watch for the future. I think she's going to do some really, yeah. really yeah. big stuff, man. Some really, really big stuff. Yeah. If this trailer, if the film is half as good as the trailer, she's done an incredible job. Well, we haven't even said the best bit. It's got some like stop motion shadow puppetry oh, in it no, as well. Like, well, that's it, isn't it? <laughs> just, yeah, just honestly, the I, I don't I know wait. if that's so when... part of the film or that was just made for advertisement or whatever, but the direction of this whole thing, I they haven't put a foot wrong. Like sometimes you can have a really, really good film and then the advertisement lets it down, right? You <sighs> might get a dodgy trailer, you might get a, a shit poster or, you know, it, on more low budget stuff, they can even take a really good title and give it a really crappy generic title or something, mm. you know, it might still be a good film, or whatever, but like on Candyman so far, they have not put a foot wrong. They have done, oh incredible I, I we've, we've still time. got a way to wait it's, it's august end of august yeah i think most of these films are gonna be back end of the year because obviously uh things are still locked up until at least march um over here anyway in america i know there's some places that are almost wide open like florida and stuff and then you've got um other places that are still closed down for cinemas but yeah so i reckon they're kind of hedging their bets for summer onwards when apparently if the reports are to be true we should be kind of coming out of it all but by then right yeah hopefully and um so is it me or you that was both of us that was both of us so go on jump into your next one back to me well i'm going to bring it bring it to the uh the early parts of the year and this is quite interesting because this one had a very limited release of one day january 26th really okay yeah i just i just read that i didn't realize that I thought, okay I thought, interesting. I thought it was coming out this weekend and uh it's already it's already happened um so i'm assuming it's going to be first out the block when the cinemas open again but this is a reboot another reboot of the wrong turn fan- franchise right now the reason why i picked this is at wrong turn the original film uh i enjoyed kind of like that classic trope of kind of hillbilly you've gone down the literal wrong turn in uh, america's vast uh appalachian mountains yeah the problem is it had many 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 sequels yes, that got did. progressively worse and I, I lost track they were quite bad and i lost track pretty early on the first one though was was a really good idea what's interesting about this film though is it appears from the trailer they've completely abandoned the kind of hills have eyes deformed inbred kind of killers right okay interesting they just look like normal people just normal people who are desperate to protect their way of life right, um, and they kind okay. of dress up in these what are they what's I, I, forgive me I, I forget the word but there's a there's a word for the camouflage that's like a net covered in grass and leaves uh it looks really smart and clean and it's not at all like the um you know the over the top prosthetics and that kind of thing of that kind of genre of film um and i think it could be a kind of shot in the arm for for that kind of thing um i wouldn't be opposed to more remakes of the kind of really gory over the top films of this type but you know moving away from the yeah. the kind of inbred deformed kind of thing it's what it's what i'm interested in so i wait and see how it turns out i'm open minded with it um, interesting okay do do i think it's going to be fantastic no not at all yeah. but i'm open-minded it's one i want to see to see what they do with it see i really like the first wrong turn film and then i yeah don't it was know great. if i've seen any of the others if i'm honest um but i do i, I think do I like, probably did like one or two and, oh right yeah <laughs> it was just uh, as you'd expect 
yeah yeah exactly and i haven't seen this trailer i'm gonna go and watch this trailer um after we stop recording based on based on your recommendation i do think there are of course there are places for films like this and i always think we need other films i know like a lot of the films i pick especially my next two picks are more on the kind of independent weird fantasy character driven side of things that that i tend to lean towards you know that a24 model but i also really enjoy these kind of just out there you know backwards gory Mm. horror films they're just made for fun right there's a kind of pleasure there's a kind of pleasure in knowing what you're going to get as well yes you know you're not not necessarily expected to be surprised yeah no it's just an easy watch but i do think if you're going to do it do something a little bit different every time yeah like the way that it just follows exactly the same model like i'm personally not Mm -hmm. into that too much i would like Mm -hmm. to see a like a little bit different so where you say this one is kind of within that world but set up a little bit different yeah and that's music to my ears it it is set up different yeah whereas the texas chainsaw massacre remake that they did um i did enjoy it i did but it wasn't anything different it was made, you know, it was updated special effects and that's yeah. it really. Yeah. Yeah. I But then it, but then again, in a Texas Chainsaw Massacre film, do you want anything other than seeing a huge guy running around with a skin mask and a chainsaw? No. You know, no, that's you... it depends what you like. Yeah, you're right. You're right. I just think some films are, you know, if you're talking Texas Chainsaw Massacre, some films are so perfect that I think it's then impossible to do yeah. anything else with them really. I mean, I actually quite yeah. like Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 as well, where, you know, they did try something a little bit different with that. It's, it's a very different film. It's, it's all you know, it's basically mm. a comedy horror film at that point. But that first one, that first one is, is perfect to a gritty slasher film as you're ever going to get. Like, it mm. is, mm. yeah, that. It is, yeah. So perfect, man. Especially in the context of the time as well. Oh, yeah. I mean, that. You want to know, like, why some horror films become, or just film in general, right? Like, why some films just become legendary and will live forever, right? Like, they have to be a good film, first and foremost. But mm-hmm. they tap into the time in which they come out. They tap into the audience's mind. And if you just look at what America especially was going through when that original Texas Chainsaw Massacre film came out, mm-hmm. it just tapped into everything that america was fearful of yeah. all the time you know it, it's just perfect it's just so great it, it really really is yeah man but new wrong turn film yeah why not do we know if it's so you said it got a one day cinema release yeah well was that you, you know what i did all well that's the thing i had it all queued up yeah um <laughs> to say yeah it's coming out the end of january then i looked at the, the calendar i thought hang on <laughs> this is the end of January, and I've just read it. It just said it got it got an extremely limited one day release. Okay, that's not but even a release. This is Wikipedia, so take it with a pinch of salt as well. Yeah, that's not even one day. Also, I'll say one more thing of it. Check out the poster for it. I'm, I'm, I know you're going to love it. So hold on, one day limited. That couldn't have been the UK. It says Wrong Turn was theatrically released for one day on January 26th by Saban Films, but no cinemas were open. Don't, like we're in the middle of lockdown. Yeah, yeah. must, must have been in lock- America. Must have been in America, like surely. Do we know? So is it going VOD, Netflix, Amazon? Anyone picked it up, or we don't, we know. don't know? Right. Okay. Be interesting. I'm looking forward to. Uh, yeah, we'll definitely check it out when it comes out. So my next film, which is going to be no surprise to anyone, I've probably spoke about this film more than any upcoming film the trailer is my favorite trailer of last year it's probably going to be my favorite trailer of this year i hope it's one of my favorite films this year i hope it lives up to the hype i'm of course talking about the green knight from a24 oh i mean what can i say about this film that i haven't already said i know this is one you're really looking forward to as well yeah i mean this is um uh, you've pipped me to the post because this was my last film as well. <laughs> so uh, yeah, I completely agree. It's uh, it's 
going to be great. It looks brilliant. It's got the feel of an A24 right. film. Okay. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. It, uh, the, the trailer is stunning. It's beautiful. Um, it's chilling. It, it looks great. And I, and, I, and I dispute, I mean, well, I mean, I say I dispute, but from based on the trailer, I dispute the fact that when you look it up, it, it doesn't say horror film. It will call it uh, epic fantasy or, fantasy. you know, uh, it's, the, you can tell by the trailer, the sound effects they're putting in, their intention for it. Their intention is to unnerve you. Uh, and oh, in my is. book, that's yeah. a horror film. Yeah, of course it is. I I can't wait for this. I think that, you know, even if it's, I've always said like with this podcast and, you know, off the top of this show, I, I said top five most anticipated horror films but i've always said genre right that, like the whole black sunday label yeah yeah it's yeah. just about genre that's what we do at the festival that's what we do uh with this podcast so you know even if it does it's definitely going to lead into fantasy a lot more but i am so ready for that i there's definitely going to be horror elements as there are in all of these darker a24 films and you know one of the things i haven't touched on when when we previously spoke about it but i i feel it's worth saying is the director so the director is david lowry and yeah what is most amazing about him is he made another a24 film which is fantastic called a ghost story yep which i absolutely love but he has found himself in quite a weird position where if you don't know before he made a ghost story he made disney's live action remake of peach dragon Yes. which was not one of the big hits like the other live action remakes but actually is probably one of the best mm. live action remakes they, yeah. they made and he for years was trying to get a ghost story made and and couldn't get it made so it's said that he actually used most of his big paycheck from disney to fund a ghost story which wow. was then later picked up by a a24 he's then uh, he made an, another film which I haven't seen called The Old Man and the Gun that came out a few years ago. But he's gone back with A24 now to make The Green Knight, which is done and, and ready to come out. And then he's going back to Disney again to make Peter Pan and Wendy. So he's found himself in this really weird pocket where he's making these incredible, weird indie horror slash fantasy slash thriller films and then going on to make a well that, Disney the, fantasy the thing that's happening there is he is in the extremely fortunate position to be able to make big budget big paycheck films for disney yep. and then make his real passion projects for a24 and you can only do that if you yep. are an incredibly talented filmmaker yes i completely agree and that's why I just wanted to like give that little shout out because yeah. I personally love that idea of a career. I think that's perfect. Like I love what Christopher Nolan done when he was making the Dark Knight trilogy. Mm. Like he'd make a Batman film, then he'd make a smaller film for him. Yeah. Batman because film. he wants to, not because yeah. he has to. Yeah. I love that idea. I absolutely love that idea. When one of the things so coming back to my set come back to to myself and the stuff we're playing at crossroad pictures is i've got basically five films at the minute that i want to make and they're basically all spread out between i would like if we ever got the opportunity i would like to make walking against the rain a trilogy i've got an idea for a trilogy of films but i wouldn't want to do one two three all in one go mm. so i would love to do it like where you do walking against rain then i do another little film then I do Walking Against Rain Chapter 2, then another film, then Walking... Do you know what I mean? Like, I just think yeah, yeah, yeah. that's such a great way to keep yourself fresh, keep these different ideas coming, you know, let stuff breathe, give stuff a little bit of time. Yeah, man, I I just love this little pocket he's found himself in. It's like, little A24 film, Disney film. Little A24 film, Disney film. I can't wait to see what he does after Peter Pan and Wendy. Yes, yeah. <laughs> and I think the thing is with Peach Dragon as well. It's probably not; it's not as well thought of in terms of the live action remakes. It's oh, because the original is not one of their Completely big hitters. Personally, I quite enjoyed the original. It's it has a it has a place in my heart, yeah, um, and and I love the remake. But it's yeah, not same. like 
the little mermaid or aladdin or the no, the lion no, king no no it doesn't it didn't set the world on fire. neither of them did like you said the original mm. animation and and the live action neither of them set the world on fire like a lion king or even cinderella or, or you know something like that but yeah. um yeah man green knight can't wait i know i banged on it about loads we're gonna go on. We, we may have mentioned it once or twice. Once or twice. Only once or twice. We might as well change the name of this podcast to the Green Knight and other upcoming <laughs> films. <laughs> or, or just the A twenty four podcast. Or just the A twenty four podcast, exactly. <laughs> Speaking of which, my most anticipated film of the year, if you're a listener to this show, this will come as no surprise to you because we've spoke about it before and I already gave it away that this was my most anticipated film of the year I am talking of The Northman by Robert Eggers the second film on my list led by Anya Taylor-Joy I think you can tell I'm a bit of a fan yeah yeah oh man this film I mean I, uh, I, I'm so excited has he I mean, correct me if I'm wrong the only films I know of his are The Witch and the lighthouse has he done anything else no i mean i'm assuming he was like a producer or director on other smaller things before that or episodes of things he's done i think he done uh he's definitely produced some other stuff in terms of films he... though these are his films these three yes. oh without a doubt um he's oddly i believe he's only ever produced short films though i don't think he's ever produced features and in terms of directing i believe he's directed a couple of short films and then the witch was his debut followed by the lighthouse and now the northman is his third film so he hasn't like the what you've seen is basically what he's done in feature film work he's very particular about what he does and very good at what he does you can tell that what he does is very him. He has a very unique and distinctive voice. I've never yeah. seen any of his short films actually. I probably should seek them out. But um let's yeah. let's because we don't know a great deal about the Northman, let's talk briefly about uh the witch and the lighthouse. Yeah. You know, obviously they we, we we've never had the opportunity to speak about them in any depth on here. Very you know, true. They're, they're older films. When I first saw The Witch uh, absolutely blew me away and it is really it's 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 right up there with my favorite kind of occult folk horror films yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. incredible i completely agree the witch is the witch is one of those films where i saw the trailer a little bit like the green knight where i see the trailer and straight away Sant just hits mm. and you go okay this is for me like this film is for me you almost feel like it was made for you and then i think i've told this story before but i went and watched it in a cinema in harlow i i think which for our american listeners is a, a small little wessex town which is not in any way shape or form uh you, you know the people that live there are not into these small a24 films so we started with a very, very small crowd. And by the end of the film, I was the only person left sitting. In really? The theater. Yeah, yeah. Everyone walked out. Every single person walked out, which didn't surprise me because when I was watching it, I, to be honest with you, I was shocked seeing some of these people in. I thought, oh, this is, this is interesting. Um, did, me, you, did you know anything about it going into it? No, no, not at all. Which, uh, the trailer, mm. that was it. Which, and the trailer didn't really tell you too much just kind no, of no. set up the story which you know I, I love about what a24 do with their trailers i mean what but, what struck uh, me about it more than anything not more than anything but what really sticks in my mind is the way he uses color in the film it, it's so washed out it's almost yeah. gray yeah and you know it really kind of drains you it drags you down you feel their strain and their poverty this poor yeah. family yeah. um it's borderline genius i mean he has a perfect wrong for me it's his shots as well his shot choices the way he mm. composes the scene the, you know where he puts the camera the height of the camera in certain scenes the what he focuses on and when the camera is close and when the camera is not close and 
it's very, 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 very rare that I will watch a film mm. and come out of it going, that has gone into my all-time favorite, you know, all-time favorite list. It does happen, but it's very, very rare. The last time it happened was The Witch. Time before that was probably Martyrs. Mm. When I first saw that, again, it was just this experience of, oh, yeah, that's that's going to live with me forever. You know, that's saying I'm always going to go back to it. Santa is never going to leave me. And and when, the witch was that film. When I when I when I think of the witch, the scene that I get in my mind is when they are kind of expelled from the little town, yes. and they're just they're literally naked, you know, figuratively and alone in this great wilderness. Yeah, and they're just walking off to the tree line, and you just think they feel so vulnerable, um, yeah. and that feeling's never shook through the whole film. Yeah, the 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 thing that I I loved it. I was really enjoying it. It was already a five star film for me. But the thing that put it over the edge, the thing that put it in my all time favorite list, that you know, the thing that really made me fall in love with it was by the time you get to the end where she's in the barn with Black Philip, yeah, and he turns into the devil. Yeah, I was in the cinema on my own at that point and. When he's you, circling you, you her, you weren't expecting it. No, and when he's circling her and talking to her, that in the theatre, obviously, that was in surround sound. So it genuinely oh, that was feels amazing. like he was walking around me, right? And and I'm in this dark theatre on my own at this point, just like she is on her own in the barn. So it, it was just this really surreal experience, and you know, I was glued to the screen, and it genuinely terrified me. Like genuine, like I, it's funny. Like most of the stuff that is meant to terrify, it doesn't really get me. I don't mm. know if it's because I kind of work out it's coming, or I know where Sank's going, or but there's so there's just moments in films sometimes that I don't know if they're set up to terrify you, but sometimes they just do. And that was one of them. That was one mm. of them. Where I was like, mm. I I didn't know where it was going. I didn't know what was going to happen to her. I was so. It attached to her character at that point yeah that you just Obviously, don't know where it's yeah. going to go you just have no idea where it's going to go yeah incredible and then you move on to the lighthouse which is completely different yes, um completely. I, I you know I, cards on the table i didn't enjoy it as much as the witch but that's only because i was in love with the witch oh the yeah Lighthouse is still yeah. a stunning film it's incredible yeah. yeah i really enjoyed the lighthouse but yeah it's it's not if you just there with the witch if you'd have told me uh, five years ago, Chris, you're going to enjoy a film that is the bloke from Twilight arguing with a seagull for two hours yeah. and having a bit of a crafty tug, I would have laughed at you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's, yeah. It's incredible. Oh, so mate, and again, the craftsmanship of the film, like what they do with a film stock to make it mm. look a certain way. And, and again, too. Oh, it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. The the performances again the way he shoots it the way it's so claustrophobic the way you genuinely feel these guys going mad Will willem dafoe in it is incredible oh, I, I mean they, they both are i mean you know credit to robert pattinson as well um i feel the same about him as i do with daniel radcliffe that you go on to something you, you know you're so attached to a certain film yeah. Yeah. and to shake it off is you know Robert Pattinson is a legitimate, legitimate actor now, and so is oh, Daniel Robert Radcliffe. Robert Pattinson is, I would, you know, it, uh, I've said it a minute ago, and, and obviously make no mistake about it, Anya Taylor-Joy is my favourite actress. Mm. I would I would argue Robert Pattinson may be my favourite actor. Really? Because I, I just think everything I see him in is brilliant. Like his performance yeah. is brilliant in in everything. Like, I, like you just I don't assume we're see him doing anything bad. Are we including Twilight in that? I've only seen the first Twilight film. Are so you I including think... that in there, or I'm are not... we forgiving no, that? I'm not. No, I'm... I, I'm, you yeah, know, but you could argue, what it... you could argue what for it what it is. He did the job. Well, exactly for what it is. Could he have done a better <laughs> job than Dunk? Right? No, no. Genuinely, for what that film is, it's a teen comedy. He was the best thing in the film. Not comedy. It's a teen like romance 
right? And did Robert Patterson not become the biggest teen heartthrob in the world? Absolutely. So, of course he did. So he done the very best he could have done. He with did that. what he was asked to do better than, oh, as good as anyone else could. Oh, yeah. I mean, he, he knocked it out of the park, like, in terms of what he was asked to do. And, look, it, it, but, you know, for the way I look at it is to, for me to criticise something like Twilight is beyond the point. Because Twilight was never made for me. Like, when it exactly. came out, I was too old. And also, it was basically made for teen girls. To, to be fair, I enjoyed the first one, though. Right. <laughs> for what it was. Like, there's nothing... I, I can't criticise it because it wasn't, and I, I think it's beyond the point to criticise it. I think yeah. it's very funny when people get very up in arms about it. There's, there's no point saying, it's... well, it's no Chinatown, is it? Well, it's, <laughs> you know, it wasn't for It's you. no Empire Strikes Back. Yeah, no, Jesus, <laughs> like, come on. But yeah, man, like Robert Patterson is, I just think, I can't wait to see what he does with that, man. I mean, that's good. Yeah, 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 yeah. I just yeah, watched him in... Um, there's a film on Netflix called The Devil All the Time that's got Tom Holland in it as well. And man, he's great in that. Like, he's really, really good in that. Obviously, The Lighthouse, I think, is the film I watched him in before that. There's a another film I think's on Netflix called Good Time that he's in. If you, if you, again, incredible in that. And, you know, he just, he has got just this incredible list of roles that mainly are smaller films, independent films, that people, obviously, uh, maybe they don't give him a chance because of Twilight, but I think that's a silly way to go. You know, the guy is an incredible actor and, and doing some amazing mm -hmm. work. He really, really is, and I can't wait to see what he does with Batman. You want to talk about trailers? Well, that Batman trailer. They that, that looks incredible. Oh, wow. Can't wait for that. I'm I'm not going to so that's your number one. I'm not going to commit to a number one. But I am okay. going to commit to a a top three. Right. Uh, do you agree with me? The Northman, the Green Knight, Candyman. Yes, hundred percent, hundred percent. Like, yes. it's a good year for horror. Yeah, I can't wait. It's it's going to be an outstanding year for horror. And there's so many things we haven't brought up. There's so Ter many Terrifier two. Oh man! There's, I think there's isn't it, well there's there's bound to be a new American Horror Story, Hellraiser good, series, yeah, Child's Play series, Alien series. <sighs> in the works, I don't know if it's coming out this year, but it's in the works. Conjuring but, Three, yeah. Insidious Five. I mean, if you want to like expand a little bit and go with the fantasy monster stuff, obviously they just dropped the trailer for Godzilla vs. I mean, that's going to be huge. Oh, it's going to be mad. Everyone's talking about it. It's going crazy. I hope and pray. We get to watch that in a cinema because I can't imagine not seeing it no. for the first time in a cinema. It has to be seen in the cinema. And I'd yeah, go that's, surprised that's for be... not watching it unless I saw it in the cinema. I... Not being silly, I'm not going to wait years, but. No, but I'm, I'm on. Like, if you tell me, like, for instance, right there, so from what I've been reading about where we are with, with tackling the pandemic, we are earliest we're going to come out of lockdown is beginning of March. The. People have got confused and thinking we were going to come out of it middle of February. That was never going to happen. They, they were going to reevaluate come the middle of February where we're at. The legislation actually runs until the end of March. So we could be in lockdown to the end of March, right? Godzilla yep. versus Kong does come out in March. So that has me worried a, a little bit about not being able to see it in the cinema. However, March is a good month away, right? So hopefully... Word is we're going to have all the vulnerable people vaccinated by the middle of February. By the end of February, we should have the next couple of groups vaccinated. Early March should be fingers covered, crossed. Right? Fingers That's crossed. That's what they're hoping. That's what they're hoping. Yeah. For. And yeah. I think it's a right move to stay into lockdown until then. Get all your vulnerable people and a couple more vaccinated. Right. Yep. Then come out of lockdown. Then you shouldn't ever have to go back into it. You should slowly start coming out of it. I'm looking forward to it. And on that note, talking about March, little announcement about the Black Sunday Film Festival, which was meant to be happening this weekend. Ob obviously isn't. And I put a little tweet out to say, obviously we've got to move it because of the lockdown. Um, alongside our 
amazing host venue. We have rescheduled quite, you know, hopefully, hopefully rescheduled if everything goes to plan for the last weekend of March. So that is Saturday, the 27th and Sunday, the 28th. However, if lockdown is extended all the way to the end of March, we do have pencil dates for later in the year. So we are. So, so it's said, happening no matter what. It it's happening happen. no matter what. We are, as I've always maintained, we are committed to the live event. We are committed to supporting independent venues. You know, without events like ours, you know, these independent venues will go under. And you know, they've been they've been so so kind to us. So yeah, we've we've for now moved it to the 27th 28th of march which we hope will go ahead and with our venue we have a plan in place where we know we can hold the event safely obviously reduce capacity still socially distanced still but we know we can do it safely we really really hope we can get there we've got an incredible lineup that i will be announcing soon if we do have to postpone it again we do have pencil dates to do that hopefully come out of lockdown and get our year started properly and move forward right that's what we're all hoping for and what a better way absolutely to do absolutely to kick off with a with a lovely live event and you know like i said it will be socially distant and will like will i get a free pop yeah of course, <laughs> <laughs> of course you will. excellent yes so that is the official announcement um and then uh yeah after this podcast drops i will be officially announcing it on twitter and everywhere as well but yeah we are officially announcing it on the podcast and then we're um yeah once i announce the lineup i'm sure we're uh bring that up and talk about that too but awesome. yeah fingers crossed we come out of lockdown begin the march hold the event at the end of march be a great way to kick off the year properly right excellent yeah yeah chris it is fantastic to be back yes absolutely really really enjoyed it thank you so much for joining me once again and yeah dude until next week you got any plans you got anything uh you you know anything planned indoors obviously can't really go out and do anything no but, no nothing. plans but i'm still trying to get over the fact that before we went on air i discovered that you sleep in boxes and a t-shirt yeah i do yeah <laughs> That's a that's a little oh, nugget. Oh, yeah. natural for me, mate. Yeah. Oh, hey, wow. I thought, hey. I, was, I, thought I was dropping some heat. Wow. Okay. Well, I don't, I don't that, know, mate. I might I might have lost you some listeners. On that image. <laughs> on that image, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for joining us again. It's so good to be back. I apologise for the um for the month off we've had really um but yeah we are back we are back weekly thank you so much for joining us as always and until next week horror hounds stay very very safe cheers guys bye